Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a, another Trendsetters SEMA podcast series. Now, throughout our conversations thus far, we've talked to a lot of brands in the tech space, a lot of brands in the QSR fast casual dining space, of which we've seen so many changes of recent. Today, we're going to talk to uh, someone on the brand slash marketing side of things with one of the leading kind of players in the category, actually HelloFresh. And so today I'm joined by Haley Raymond, uh, Associate Director of Brand Marketing at HelloFresh. Haley, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. So obviously for myself as someone in the business realm, younger individual, I'm always thinking about my personal health. Now, back in you know my high school, quote unquote, like glory days of my health, right? Um, I was all about the meal prep. I was always about all, all about the diet. But then I took it for granted, the fact that I was in high school and didn't have anything going on. Now I'm in the professional world. I have no time to spare, let alone to prep food and to prep my diet and to eat the right things. So sometimes I fall into that, that, that category of, of struggling, having to take that stop at that you know, fast casual spot or the fast food or, or, or whatever it may be. And obviously, you guys have been in the market and provided a solution to do that. I'd love if you could provide kind of an intro uh, to our listeners here as to what HelloFresh is all about um, and how you've kind of differentiated yourself in, in the market thus far. Sure. Yeah. Um, and totally hear you on struggling with meal prepping and eating healthy. I think that is a pretty universal um, you know, concern and issue that people have, which is, I think, part of the reason why we have seen a lot of success with HelloFresh. So we're actually uh, America's number one meal kit. We're also the largest meal kit company globally. We launched in 2011 in Germany, but are now active in 14 countries worldwide. And just to break down, uh, you know, in case anyone isn't familiar with uh, a meal kit, so we send you chef curated recipes, pre-portioned ingredients. These are like really fresh fruits and vegetables and high quality proteins, basically everything you need to like flawlessly execute a meal in just about 30 minutes, sometimes even less, even if you would not consider yourself a cook at all. And the interesting thing about HelloFresh is we actually have three meal kit brands in our portfolio. So we have HelloFresh, which is probably the most recognizable to people. But you were talking about, you know, sticking to a diet and really eating healthy. So we actually have uh, another meal kit brand called Green Chef that focuses on organic ingredients, you know, lots of specialty diet options like keto and paleo and vegan. You know, we're looking for like what health trends are people following? How can we really meet them where they're at? Like, it's really tricky to stick to a keto diet. So how can we help people with that? Um, And then there's every plate, which is really about like affordability, bang for your buck. It's, you know, big portions, sort of like familiar flavors. So lots of options for you there. But yeah, it's all about like encouraging people to cook more, eat more at home, um, you know, sit down at the table and enjoy a a home-cooked meal. Yeah, certainly. And, that, and that's incredible uh, growth thus far, and, and particularly in the specialization uh, things, being able to categorize that, whether it's vegan, whether it's, uh, you know, your, your, your keto or kind of your protein bros that want to get like 100 grams of protein in every meal. So it's awesome that, that you've been able to tailor that. Now, for, for myself, uh, growing up, my, my grandma emphasis 
has never cooked, never cooked for her entire life. Not something you'd expect from a grandma, but she's busy. She's got <laughs> other things going on. And that's always been a staple of her. She's got a sign in the kitchen that says, I only have this kitchen because it came with the house. And, you know, when I think about my grandma, I don't necessarily suspect she's on the cutting edge of trendsetters and technology and, and all those different things. Unlike what we try to be as an agency, but I think she's onto something because when I think about the future of food, I don't know how much of that is the old school way of going to the grocery store, getting, you know, tons of groceries and, and going there once or even twice a week and wasting 30 minutes or an hour of your time and then cooking a big old massive meal for a dinner that happens every night at 630 when now it seems, you know, that, that family style dinner table is kind of going away a little bit. So I guess from your perspective, uh, when you think about the future of, of, of food consumption, whether that's family dinner or whether that's how we are ordering or delivering or whatever it may be, what stands out to you when you think about kind of the future of, of, of ultimately how we eat? Yeah, it's a great question. Your grandma sounds amazing. Um, of course. Yeah, I love that <laughs> sign in the kitchen. <laughs> but it's the food category is very interesting because in a lot of ways, it really is like one of the least disrupted categories out there just in terms of like how broadly applicable it is you know everybody eats usually multiple times per day unless you're like fasting or something yeah. <laughs> um and everyone has very strong opinions about food but you're right that like especially behaviors around grocery stores they're like deeply ingrained in people's minds they feel like you know unless they experience something different they feel compelled to go to the grocery store sometimes multiple times per week, even though there are so many annoying aspects about going to the grocery store. You know, it's annoying to drive there. It's annoying to find parking. It's annoying to like be in the grocery store with 50 million products and try to find what you're looking for. And, oh, they're sold out. I can't find it. I've been here for an hour. You know, it's annoying to check out. Like there are just a lot of real points of friction. Um, but I think until you sort of like get people to think about alternatives and consider the possibility of getting like groceries delivered to their door or ideally a meal kit delivered to their door. A lot of people just like had a hard time making that leap. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the really interesting thing is COVID actually has really changed a lot of that, you know, like yeah. obviously COVID is awful, um, but it in a certain way in terms of like, consumer behavior around food, it really has been kind of crazy to see what's happened. Just in that people don't want to be going to the grocery store, you know, they're not going to restaurants in the same way. So you actually really see this like reemergence of home cooking. Mm -hmm. We found that people are cooking um, two more nights a week than they used to, which is like a pretty large increase. Yeah. And so, you know, millions of people who may have originally said, no, you know, I don't mind going to the grocery store. Like, I just, I don't trust food delivered to my door. Like, is it going to be any good? Is it fresh? Those people, you know, felt the need to do that, um, you know, because they, like, didn't feel safe going to the grocery store or they, they just, like, you know, they couldn't handle that in the moment. Um, so we're definitely, like, sort of seeing behavior around food, like, changing minute by minute. Um, mm. And... You know, as a company, I think we just hope and are really trying to meet customers' expectations and invite in as many new customers as need our help right now and, like, make sure that we're, you know, sending out 
literally millions of meals every week that are like really high quality and show people, hey, you really don't need to go to the grocery store if you don't want to. Like you yeah. don't have to get takeout food if you are kind of feeling like, well, I've gotten takeout food, you know, four nights in the past week because yeah. I don't like to cook. Like there are other options for you. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, equal to, you know, feeding people quality ingredients and quality food options uh, instead of them having to cut a corner and, and settle for something else. I think you're going to save millions of relationships because <laughs> myself, if I, you know, if anyone has ever had to experience seeing me in a grocery store, I have the worst case of shoppers and anxiety on the planet where not only is my marketing mode turned on if I'm looking at all these brands, but so is my like try to be healthy, you know, guy, you know, that's turned on too. I'm looking at the macros and everything. And then I'm like, wait, what am I going to eat? And then, oh shoot, I got to get the right food for my girlfriend or she's going to be pissed but I'm not going to let her get the sugar option. I'm going to secretly get the sugar free so she can get healthy, you know? So <laughs> I think, uh, I think it'll do wonders for, for, for that arena, save a lot of hours there. Um, and, and particularly on the, 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 the brand and marketing side of things there, you know, marketing in the CPG or, or food category, it, it's always interesting. And, and especially like QSR, we see some of the most unique advertising from brands like a Burger King or, you know, a Taco Bell or even a Chipotle. So, so it's awesome to see that. But obviously you guys are, are kind of category leaders in something that, that is new. And you're having to shift that consumer behavior that, that you mentioned didn't really happen right away. So I guess from your perspective, and, and maybe it's not one of HelloFresh's favorite campaigns, maybe it's just one in general, uh, or maybe it is specific to the brand, but is there a particular campaign from a marketing and brand perspective that stands out to you as like, this is the pinnacle uh, or this is something that I at least look up to? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think like personally as a brand marketer, I'm always looking for examples of brands that, you know, I think like I have a particular fascination with brands who are kind of seen as like uncool, you know, or have a pretty like undifferentiated product. This is now not talking at all about HelloFresh because I actually really believe in, in HelloFresh's product. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously like a lot of other people do too, but yeah. separately, just as a brand marketer, um, in a way, I, I think it's more interesting to see how brands like that really tackle the challenge of like, you know, doing something interesting in their marketing as opposed to brands who kind of like already have some buzz around them. And so it's a bit easier for them to like, you know, do something flashy and cool. You know, if you're thinking about like the Nikes and the Spotify's and the, you know, apples of the world, like they already have such high brand recognition yeah. that like they don't even need to say their brand name throughout the ad no. to like really make a splash. You know, it's all about the art, but most brands are not in that category. Like most right. brands really have to like, you know, like go the hard road. Um, and an example of a brand that I think like does a really beautiful job of this is uh, it's called Lurpak, and it's actually a, I think it's a European butter brand. And so, you know, you're thinking like butter, pretty standard product, but they have the most amazing TV ads. Like I really encourage you to watch them. Yeah. It's all about like thinking about cooking in a new way. And the idea that like cooking can be this amazing multi-sensorial adventure. And they put this like really epic music behind it. And they have these beautiful shots of food, like flying at each other and falling into dishes. 
Um, you know, and then it resolves and it's clear that it's just like a random guy cooking eggs on Saturday morning. But I, I just love this idea that like, you know, especially because it's in the food space, like getting people to think about boring or sort of like everyday products in a new way or everyday experiences in a new way, like that, that's just like really, um, inspiring to me. So I, I definitely love that example. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, with, uh, with the needs of today's consumer always changing, certainly a lot of your alignment definitely aligns with that that Gen Z and millennial co- you know cohort and and uh, kind of their values. And when I think about the future of food, I think sustainability is something that that we miss often, and, and food waste and things of that nature. I I'd love to hear if, if you have any insight into uh, some of the things that HelloFresh has has done in the sustainability arena. Um, and, and I noticed a few things on your website and, and how it's, uh, you know, way less, uh, I, I guess, less as bad, not as worse as retail locations and grocery stores. So I, I'd love to let you kind of speak on that. And I'd love to learn more. Yeah, totally. And I agree. I mean, Gen Z is definitely the, co- the cohort that is like really driving that conversation, I think even further than, you know, it has been previously. And I, I really respect that about you guys. Um, you know, I'm a millennial, so I, hopefully I'm part of that discussion too, but I definitely think like, you know, every coming year, there is this, uh, a higher and higher expectation from consumers, especially young consumers that brands are like, you know, walking the walk and not just talking the talk and, you guys will like call brands out when they're not being consistent in their business practices. And I, I like really respect that. And I think it, it keeps brands honest. Um, so sustainability to HelloFresh is a really important um, aspect of the business. And we know, you know, obviously it is really important to our customers too. I would say there are definitely some sustainable practices that we've always had, but we I don't think did a good job at all telling people about them or sort of explaining um, them in a very user-friendly way. And then there are other areas where we've gotten a lot better over time. Um, You know, I think particularly like now being the largest meal kit company out there that allows us some runway to like, you know, really be thinking ahead and like trying different solutions and making sure that our business practices across multiple brands are all integrated and sustainable. So specifically, we really focus on the aspects of preventing food waste. We um, focus on minimizing our carbon footprint, responsible ingredient sourcing, and then smarter packaging. And, you know, I, I won't go through all four of these, but yeah. specifically we focus a lot of our effort on the aspect of food waste because it's such a big issue, especially in the U.S. So actually 40% of the U.S. food supply goes to waste, which is kind of crazy, like, you know, yeah. almost at 50%. So you can just like imagine any dish, you know, or open your fridge and imagine 50% of that going in the garbage. So um, when you're using a meal kit, instead of going to the grocery store, you actually cut your food waste by at least 25% because we are only sending you what you need. So you're not throwing excess food in the garbage. And the big one is also that meal kits have a much shorter supply chain than grocery stores. So if you think about all of the steps required to get food into the grocery store, there are many, you know, and then even in the grocery store, 
when they receive food, a lot of it has to go in the garbage and then you buy it. And then a lot of your food, you know, potentially goes in the garbage because you forgot you had, you know, eight limes or you're like, why did I buy so many? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a way that we really do have a leg up on like retail locations, like you were saying, or grocery stores. And actually on top of that, HelloFresh donates any edible unsold ingredients to local charities So we donated 2.7 million meals in the first half of 2020. Um, So we're actually throwing less than 1% of our food out uh, as a business, which is pretty good. I would say, you know, based on our estimates and what the USDA says, usually retail food uh, companies are closer to 10% waste. Wow. So, you know, that's definitely an advantage that we have. Um, And then the other thing I'll mention is we're actually the first global carbon neutral meal kit company. So that includes all of our operations and offices, corporate travel, and then, you know, shipping. I think shipping is like the big question that people have. Um, You know, is this really bad for the environment that it's sort of showing up at my door instead of, um, you know, me driving to the grocery store, but you have to take into account that you're like, you're driving there, you know, it's, it's not like a, a zero versus, you know, X amount of waste. It's, it's sort of like weighing the different options and, and making sure that you have all the information to, to make the decision that's right for you. So, you know, that is not to say that we're done by any means. Like we're always looking for, you know, new innovations and ways to be more eco-friendly, especially around our packaging. Like how can we cut down packaging? How can we make sure that like not just nearly all of our packaging is recyclable, but like literally everything is recyclable. Like how can we sort of get to that point um, so that you can just, you know, make sure that nothing is going in the garbage. I'm, I'm hoping we'll be there very soon. Yeah, for sure. And that's incredible work in the right direction. I love when brands kind of take the initiative on their own and, and, and push towards that. Uh, now the final question I have for you is kind of based on your background and, and obviously, you know, now in the role, uh, you come from a background with, uh, with, I think, a, a few different agencies uh, and one in particular, Havas, uh, you know, always doing incredible work and, and quite a well-known agency in the space. Um, and now you're on the brand side of things, working with a category leader, doing incredible work. To our audience here, that, that is comprised of a lot of new up-and-coming marketers, uh, kind, of, kind of business professionals, entrepreneurs, so on. What advice could you give them or, or, or could you kind of speak to your experiences not necessarily with them in particular, but like agency versus being with the brand, what you've noticed, what you've enjoyed most, what you miss, if you missed anything in particular. I just think it's very much, uh, you know, I can speak from my own experience. Like it's, it's wildly different uh, working <laughs> on the agency side of things versus the brand side of things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in particular. Yeah, um, it's definitely different. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's good for anyone to know. I I think there are pros and cons to both. You know, I think like obviously people have long and happy careers on both sides of the fence. And I think people also underestimate the number of people who bounce back and forth, you know, like we sort of see it, especially on the agency side. I remember like this idea of going client side, like goodbye, you know, I'll never hear from you again, (laughs) your client side. Um, And I don't think that necessarily has to be the case, especially now, you know, I I think sort of the division between what is an agency like a, you know, uh, above the fold agency or above the line agency, I mean, versus like 
a digital agency versus, you know, like in-house, those divisions are really starting to change. But I think the, the big difference that I've seen is, um, you know, there's no denying that when you're on the agency side, you are closer to like the, I don't know, the like best, newest, hottest, creative minds there are, you know, like the the art that comes out of agencies is really um, unparalleled, I would say. And, and then on the flip side, you know, when you're like in-house at a specific brand, you get to be a lot more like close to the business side of things. And I I do think in a lot of ways, like, especially as someone who's sort of on the the brand marketing side, as opposed to, you know, maybe someone on the more creative side, I really enjoy that because it allows me to be that much closer to the the customer themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. like I get to talk to customers all day long. I get to, you know, have access to a lot of consumer insights. Um, You know, I get to talk to people and work with people from all parts of the business, not necessarily just sort of like the people handling the agency relationship. Um, so that has been really fulfilling and interesting to me. Um, my advice would be to choose wisely. You know, if you're going to go in-house at a brand, ideally it's a brand that you really care about, you know, even if you're not using them day to day, like it should be a, a product or an industry that you don't mind talking about you know, for eight hours a day or more, most days of your life, you know, and if you have zero interest in cars or, you know, personal care products or food or whatever it is, like, don't do that to yourself, you know, like, I think um, that can be different on the agency side, if you're working with a bunch of different brands, and some of them you like better than others. And, you know, personally, that's fine. But if, if you're going all in on one brand, like, hopefully, you like them and their product. Yeah, definitely. And I certainly echo that message. I actually don't have as, as much experience on the brand side of things outside of like our own, you know, brand as an agency, which is a whole nother, you know, discussion, like how you can fit in time for that. But uh, definitely, definitely echo the advice of, of the agency side of things being in that kind of kind of creative market. But it also comes with uh, its own struggles. And it's also, you know, quite difficult managing a, a portfolio of brands and, and kind of shifting your mindset in between. So it's a struggle, I think. Uh, but but regardless, you know, uh, us marketers, we're kind of all in this together where things are going to continue to accelerate in terms of the change. We need to adjust accordingly, whether we're on the agency side or whether we're on kind of the brand side. Um, Haley, it's been a pleasure chatting with you thus far. I, I, I really appreciate all of your insight. Are there any kind of closing remarks uh, or, or, or final message for our audience here? Hmm, I would just say keep up the good work. Like, you know, keep hustling, keep keeping brands and companies honest. Like, you know, you guys are on the cutting edge of everything. So we'll, we'll be looking to you for the answers. Of course. And that's an important message from from someone with incredible experience and in the position that you are. So I think for everyone listening right now, it, it's a matter of, uh, I think what, what HelloFresh has done so uniquely is, is entered into a new category, been able to uh, become obviously the leader in that category educating and ultimately shifting like a a real consumer behavior in a positive direction. Shifting a consumer behavior in any direction is quite difficult, but especially in a a completely kind of new direction and especially one that's moving them away from arguably one of the most like emotionally 
and even physically connected industries, which is food, right? Like the, the McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Wendy's that I'm going to see on my drive home right now, being able to move away from that. And the Costantino's downtown, I'm going to uh, go into drive past. So I think it's incredible work that you guys are all doing, and it's, it's quite inspiring to, to marketers everywhere. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode, and I will see you all next time.